Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Now payday can become every day by entering contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to all users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. There is no better place than to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up by using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Game over. Hello and welcome to Game Over where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team, whether they want to or not. My name is Richard Blosser, welcoming you. Yes, this is going to be Yinzer talk, everyone. I know, I know, I know. You're expecting them to get tag-teamed with the Boston Bruins, but guess what? This is my stupid podcast series, and what I say goes. Ha! So, I've been waiting to get these guys on. Uh, real life has gotten in the way a couple times, but, you know, we finally nailed them down, and hey, better late than never. They are the last of the first-round teams. I know I'm getting through them on July, but this team was founded in 1967. They currently play out of the PPG Paints Arena. Checks notes. Yes, that's what it's sponsored by now. They have won five Stanley Cups, and they are more than happy to tell you that. They've been to six five finals six finals i can't talk they have only two retired numbers up there in the rafters for now uh michael briere and of course the great number 66 mario lemieux and there'll be a few new numbers up there in the next decade i'm talking about none other than the pittsburgh penguins you love them you hate them and on with me is a is Nick Berlansky, one of the two Nicks of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, friend of the podcast, and, uh, you know, um, covers you know, Yinzer lover like myself. I will be able to talk and get through this. Nick, welcome aboard, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Richard. I'm excited to be here, and I, I love going back and listening to the fact that, yeah, we are five-time Stanley Cup champions, and, yeah, we do like to remind everybody of it, and that's fine because – Everybody hates us. We're fine with that, but I'm here to talk Penguins, and I'm here to have a good time. Thanks for having me. Well, I think you guys are being usurped by the Vegas Golden Knights, but we'll we'll get to that with with Vegas. So, I'm going to ask you the one thing I've asked every other team that's come on here. What happened? We were up 2-0 against the Island. 
2-1 on the Islanders. All seemed well. And it just kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, you could see the turning point in the third period of, of Game 3, a game in which the Penguins actually won. You saw Tristan Jari get a little bit more uncomfortable, where he, he didn't seem quite uncomfortable in the first couple of games, but he, he did have his issues. And then in Game 3 in that third period, when stuff started to get really intense, it, it looked like Tristan Jari started to get a, a little wary of his situation. Luckily, the Penguins were able to pull that game out, but unfortunately... That was the last game they were able to pull out, and then they went on to lose three straight games, including uh, just a devastating double overtime loss in Game 5. Again, Tristan Jari not looking comfortable, especially with the puck handling, which is something that uh, people raved about. Tristan Jari's really good at handling the puck. He's really good at making decisions when the puck's on a stick, and one of probably the most embarrassing plays a goaltender has made in a double overtime, for sure, in NHL history. But... It leaves a lot of questions for next year. Unfortunately, though, the Penguins, three straight years with a first-round exit. For the first time in the Crosby era, I might add, but still, it sucks. Two of those three years to the same opponent as well in the New York Islanders. Um, You know, a lot of people blame Jari for what happened, but it seemed like this was a playoffs where... There were a lot of goalie gaffes from guys you would expect not this to happen to, with the exception of... Uh, Sam Sonoff, you could say he's a rookie, but, you know, the, uh, your boy Flurry having trouble out there, the great Corey Perry as well. This seemed like a lot of mistakes by goalies this postseason. Yeah, goaltending is a weird business, and it's weird to try to even nail down opinions on it. The only thing that I think is going to be something that you can count on now is Andre Vasilevsky showing up and being absolutely stellar in every single game that he plays but uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah a lot of people went out and pointed at goaltending right after the season I think some people have kind of pulled back on that since you know time has passed but if you look at that series and the performance of the guys in front of them it's hard to not look at Jari as as one of the main and key reasons why the Pittsburgh Penguins couldn't get it done in that first round series now it, by no means is it time of death on Tristan Jari's career, but at the same time, you look at that and you're not quite as confident as you were going into last season when we were saying, oh, he, he's an all-star, he's, he's just getting started, he hasn't even been given a full net yet, we'll see what happens. And the regular season had its ups and downs, but the postseason, it, it definitely wasn't a good look and it definitely creates some doubt in, in Yinzer's minds, but... You have to roll with the punches and see what Ron Hextall and Brian Burke are going to do in this offseason with Jari, and and you don't really know at this point because they've been Fort Knox as far as what their plans are. Well, that, that'll be interesting. So let's, you know, as we've now, by the time this podcast drops, we have entered the offseason. Uh, let's step into when Cthulhu comes a-calling because <laughs> this will be a fun subject, I'm sure – you, both both you Knicks have talked about this, and just before we do go on, ladies and gentlemen, this is a sample size of the offseason talk from um, uh, of what the Penguins will do. If you want a more in-depth, of course, go check Tip of the Iceberg out, but we'll get to that later too. So whom on Pittsburgh gets left out on the curb when Seattle comes by in just under two weeks? It's... An interesting one this year because in 2017, when Vegas was 
that team coming and knocking, it was pretty obvious that Marc-Andre Fleury was basically sitting on the doorstep waiting for him like he was waiting for the school bus in elementary school. <laughs> but now, this year, it's a little bit different. I mean, even the, the protected lists, it, it's up for debate. We have our final mock expansion draft on the tip of the iceberg coming up later this week on Thursday's episode as we get ready for the expansion draft coming up in a little while. So we definitely have a lot to talk about in that. And the, the main kind of agreement among Penguins Twitter seems to be that it's Jason Zucker, a guy that about a year ago, a little over a year ago, the Penguins traded Kalen Addison, who's a high prospect, as well as a first-round pick for from Minnesota. And now it seems just because of he's a little bit older than some of the other guys, he has a $5.5 million a year contract, and he didn't really produce this past year. He was all right, and he played decently with the puck, but he wasn't able to get the results that we had at least expected and hoped for with him, and part of that was due to injury. So it seems like everybody believes that Jason Zucker is going to be taken, and sometimes that makes me think that's why they're not going to take him because Seattle's not going to be in the business of helping out other NHL teams here. And taking $5.5 million off of Pittsburgh's cap for nothing – that is a little bit of a help, even though you're taking a good player. So I'm not exactly sure who's going to be taken. You know, there's going to be some good players out there. Zach Aston Reese, we know Seattle's starting to focus a little bit more on analytics than some NHL teams already do. Zach Aston Reese is an analytical darling, and he's an RFA, so there's a lot of flexibility on what you can sign him for. Teddy Bluger might be a guy that is not protected. If not Bluger, Jeff Carter, who had a really good stint with the Pittsburgh penguins and is a little bit older but he has a lot of value especially for a team that's looking for pieces that can't be nailed down to the floorboards and, and then you go to the defensive side marcus Pedersen might be left out there and if he's protected it, it's mike matheson who please take that contract off our hands when you talk about helping the pittsburgh penguins cap situation but mm. there's a lot of different things that could happen with seattle and i think that's what's fun is this time i mean not exactly fun but this time it's a question for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Last time we knew what was going to happen. It's a little scarier because we don't know who we're going to lose, but the way I keep saying is it's only going to be one player. It's going to hurt regardless, but at least it's only one player. Yeah, I, I remember you know when Vegas came in of who they were going to take. I mean, it was no real mystery. I also know that Seattle doesn't want to go to cap crazy. Like, they don't they, – they're – they don't want to take big contracts just because they're they're big names. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd like to see the Matheson contract go. Um, let me just check something here. Yeah, we do have a little bit of, of time. Could Brian Rust be a name that could go out as well, or does he get protected? I think Brian Rust gets protected mainly because that's value that you don't want to lose for nothing. Because here's here's the thing. Right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins are trying to get another cup in the Crosby-Malkin era. And if you're going to do that, you don't trade away one of your leading scorers. He's going to be in the top four regardless next season of what line he plays on. He's going to push for his first 30-goal season. He would have had it the last two seasons if neither of them were shortened. He was on fantastic paces. And he's on a really, really good contract right now. He only has one more season left, and his trade value is high. I don't think the Penguins should be shopping around a guy like Brian Rust. But if you can keep him around and things don't go the way you want and you do want to start a rebuild, I'm not saying that's coming down the pipeline yet, but eventually it will. 
And if you have him on your roster, it's that much easier. I think Brian Rust easily fetches a first-round pick on the trade market, no matter what season it is, because he's a 30-goal scorer. And if not easily a first, he definitely commands at least a second-round pick. So I think Brian Rust is a guy that you 100% protect. There's a couple of guys that, obviously, the no-move clause guys of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang have to be protected. But there's a couple of guys, other than those three, that need to be protected as well, and that's Gensel Rust and Brian Dumoulin on the back end. Agreed on all those names as well. So let's take a look at the draft and just where you guys stand. Oh, Mario Lemieux, it's not pretty. Um, so <laughs> what do you guys try and do um, to try and replenish, and I hate to kind of bring this up, um, quite possibly the worst farm system in the National Hockey League. And before... Penn's Nation starts getting upset at me for that. I'm not just saying saying that to to be hot take. Um, I see it in Wilkesbury and Wheeling. It's not pretty down there. Yeah, they certainly don't have a lot of options when it comes to young stars right now. Their their cabinet is empty, and that's the price you pay for winning back to back cups in 2016 and 2017. And competing for one in 2018, whatever anybody wants to believe, they did go six games with the eventual cup champs in Washington. But, yeah, it's it's what happens when Jim Rutherford trades down every prospect not nailed to the floorboard. I know I use that a uh-huh. lot, but, I mean, it, no, it fits true. pretty well. Um, so, what they're going to do this year, not much, because they don't have a first-round pick, and the draft is not – I mean, it definitely isn't as deep as last season's, because last season's draft was – almost every first-round pick could have been a top-ten pick. At least in the top 20, they were all very, very talented players. Not to say that this year's won't be, because they're all going to be first-round picks in their own right. But the depth of the draft is not quite there, so I haven't dove into it too much. Luckily, the Penguins have Ron Hextall and their scouts for that. I haven't really dove into it. Uh, I know Jesse Marshall is starting to do that from the Athletic Pittsburgh, but I haven't really looked much into it. The Penguins, I believe, have a second round pick and then a fifth and three sevenths so there's not much they can do but Hextall has been you know Harold is the guy that turned around the Philadelphia Flyers and built that team and right now it's crumbling so it's kind of making me nervous but um, realistically he's a guy that knows to look towards the future so he's probably not going to trade too many assets away he's probably going to try to rebuild that cabinet and as far as Wilkes-Barre is concerned we talked about it when we talked prospects a couple weeks ago on our show is Sam Poulin and Nathan Legere the two best prospects in the Pittsburgh Penguins pipeline right now. If they don't make the team, which I don't see happening right out the bat, they're probably going to both go to Wilkes-Barre. And with Casper Bjorkfist also probably coming to Wilkes-Barre as well to start the season, it'll be fun to actually see our top prospects play in the top prospect league of the AHL. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, they played extremely well in the queue last season for Valadior, both Legere and Poulin as line mates, along with Jacob Pelletier of the Calgary Flames organization. So it'll be fun to see them take that next step and see how they play for Wilkes-Barre. But as far as this year's draft is concerned, I mean, we haven't really mentioned it at all on our show, mainly because we don't have much draft capital. Uh, I, I don't foresee them trading to get any more draft capital as of right now. And the draft itself is not quite as strong as it has been in recent years. Well, you're right, because there there's not much there there. I mean, I could ask that maybe do you flip that second-round pick to maybe 
get a third or a fourth or something? Or do you just kind of like bite the bullet this year and just see what you can get, even though I think you may have answered that a little bit? I think when Hextall and Burke look at what they have this year, it's still a draft that is predominantly due to the Jim Rutherford era and Jim Rutherford trades. So I feel like there probably is a little bit of responsibility on their end because they are the GMs, but I feel like they look at this and they say, if we don't produce out of this draft, who's going to blame us? I mean, we have five picks and three of them are in the last round of the draft. So I don't think there's as much pressure there for them to draft proficiently in this year's next year. Yeah, because there's almost a full complement of picks other than the one pick we traded away for Jeff Carter. And, and there's a little bit more of a responsibility on those two. But as of right now, I mean, you can flip the second, but it's also a, a mid to later round, second round pick. So it even loses some luster there. And if you want to move back, maybe a fifth and a fourth. I'm not sure getting a third and a fourth would be feasible, but it all depends on who you're talking to as far as the other team around there. So like the the draft itself, it's kind of been a crapshoot for the Penguins the past couple of seasons, and it'll continue to be one this year. A bit of a bonus question because I'm sure you guys are going to cover this in the off season. I heard this on a uh, on one of my uh, uh, favorite YouTubers' video. <sighs> what do you want for Flurry Vegas? <laughs> um, I'm not sure the Penguins are going to have enough to to pay for Mark Andre Flurry, and if they're going to pay for Mark Andre Flurry, it's going to cost them something that could be a step back either on their forward core or on their defense core. They don't, as we just talked about, have prospects. They don't have draft capital this year. Ron Hextall doesn't seem like he's in the business of giving away future draft capital right now because he sees this is a, a three to four year plan uh, from what everybody's believing right now. And listen, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to, he just won the Vezina trophy. I get that he's 36, but <laughs> the man just won the Vezina trophy. He's going to fetch a King's ransom. Uh, and I, I don't think the Penguins are going to be able to afford it. I, I hope that he goes somewhere because, you know, Pittsburgh fan, I, I like Marc-Andre Fleury. I'd love to see him end his career in Pittsburgh, but in a dra in a trade, I don't see it happening with the pieces the Penguins currently have and the pieces that they're currently willing to part with. Well, it's going to be a hot topic around those summer months there in, in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh because there's only a couple more weeks till Steelers training camp starts up but all right so let's take a look at October why should Penn's fans be optimistic heading into October plenty of reasons to be optimistic if you're Pittsburgh Penguins fans I know the end of last season left a sour taste in everybody's mouth I know everybody wanted to at least get past the first round but this team won the East Division which was no easy feat in last year's season. It is going to be more difficult this year because you add a team like Carolina, who was a division champion in their own right last season. You have the Rangers, who are another year matured. They're stepping into their prime as jumping back in as a team that is on the rise. Philadelphia might be dropping back a little bit, but you still have a really tough division in the Metropolitan Division. I mean, Columbus had an awful season last year year but columbus always plays pittsburgh extremely tough so that's going to be a lot of matchups that are going to be difficult and then you also talk about you're, you're going to be facing teams like the tampa bay lightning you're going to be facing the boston bruins again you're, you're going to be facing some of the western coast powerhouses you have to play colorado a couple times you have to play vegas 
couple times. So the season is not going to be easy, but if you look at the team and, and what they did last year, and I know there's a lot of moves to be made in this offseason, but if you look at what's there, it's a good team. It was probably one of the most stacked forward groups that I have seen on a Pittsburgh Penguins team, especially probably the most stacked Pittsburgh Penguins team that I've seen not win a Stanley Cup in the Crosby era. So they have a really good group there. A lot of the question is going to be, what do you do with that goaltending tandem? And we'll have those answers by October. But Jari and DeSmith were able to hold down the fort in the regular season last year and get a division title for the guys. And I think a division title might be a little hopeful for next year, but there's a lot to look forward to in the fact that this team was extremely impressive last year in a tough season with injuries. Now, I don't even want to... I don't even want to put the caveat of if they can stay healthy because at this point I've given up hope on that. But we've seen that they're able to fight through injury adversity and we've seen how genuinely deep they are at that level, surprisingly, for a team that doesn't have a prospect pool. They have some genuine depth at the NHL level and it's something that gives them an advantage over some other teams. So I think there's a lot to look forward to, especially the first 82-game season since the 20 what, 2018-19 season. So I'm yep. excited for a full slate. I'm excited for Seattle. There's a lot of things I'm excited for, and we're a couple months out of the start of a very interesting season, in my opinion. Well, speaking of losing hope, why should Pence fans be depressed heading into October? Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. The same reason as any the last couple of seasons. You know, Crosby and Malkin and Latang are all aging. You're running out of time. The window is closing right now. The sky is falling in the goaltending position. I mean, we, we don't know what we're going to see from Jari following that playoff performance. You expect him to bounce back, but you never know because goaltending is, is finicky in that way. Is, is there an experienced backup behind him? That's been kind of the, the big thing that has come out. If anything that has come out from Hextall and Burke is they're looking for an experienced backup this offseason. Whether they get that or not, that's a different story. And, you know, reasons to be upset is you're in a tough division, and, again, everybody's going to be counting you out. You're not going to hear many people giving the Penguins commendations as a favorite in their division, a favorite as far as Stanley Cup. Play. But we look at that, and when are they ever? When have they ever been? They weren't favorites in 2016. They weren't favorites in 2017. I'm a guy that tries to stay glass half full uh, you know me richard mm -hmm. but uh, there, there's some always some things to look at and be a little wary of and you know aging stars questionable goaltending those are usually two things that you look at and you get a little bit nervous about but i i, I look past that and i look excited for game one whenever it is in october and whoever it's against i'm, I'm hoping it's carolina i think that would be a fun starter <laughs> it would be especially with the uh canes uh, youth at their forwards, which is just ridiculous. Um, but with the Pens and my boys, I hate saying this every year because it always happens around the same time, but to the Pittsburgh Penguins, we say... Game over.
I'll miss that soundbite when I stop using it in a couple weeks. So, so Nick Berlansky, thank you for joining me, man. Thank you so much. Always love talking Penguins hockey with you. So, um, I'm going to give you a minute or so here to uh, promote your your podcast or whatever other project you guys are working on. So, my man, the board is thine. Well, thank you for having me on, Richard. Uh, this is always a fun time. I always love talking Pens hockey with you, uh, whether it's on a, a pregame show, on a, our podcast, on your podcast, I always love talking to you. But uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, uh, you can follow me personally at Nick Berlansky on Twitter. You can follow the teams, or sorry, not the teams, the podcast Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast. We're also on Instagram at Iceberg Podcast, Facebook at the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, as well as YouTube, the same as I just said. We have a lot coming up as far as the Seattle mock. The Seattle expansion draft, we have our mock expansion draft on Thursday. And then, of course, next Monday, we'll talk about it a little bit going into it once we have the Penguins protected list. And then the following episode on the following Thursday, we're going to break down who we lost because at that point, Seattle will have been a team. And we'll break down who left Pittsburgh to go play for Seattle. And we have also a giveaway going on right now. If you like Pittsburgh Clothing Company, we're giving away two Free Pittsburgh Clothing Company shirts, one to each winner. We're going to pick two winners, and, and that is going on right now. If you visit our pinned tweet at Iceberg Podcast, you can enter, and we'll be drawing the winners of those on July 22nd. So thank you again for having me on, though. I, I appreciate it, and hopefully uh, the Penguins are a little bit later in this series next year. Well, hopefully I can do one with you guys when you get to the winner's circle and you make it all the way to the end. But um, according to my um, game over timer, you guys came out at uh, at 19th, which uh, which is not bad. But, you know, take that for what it is. Nick, thank you for joining me, man. And thank you to everyone for your time and listens and downloads as we are heading into the heart of summer. By the time this podcast drops, the expansion draft is coming up. Check that out as well. So to everyone, let's go Pens, and I'll catch you next time.